0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
1: Was Wild Card Weekend super enough for you? Well, was it super I don't wild think, think so because what? it needs to be super and by finishing tonight, right? It, it was deemed a super Wild Card Weekend when they introduced that Monday night game. I look game. at it as Super
0: Wild Card Weekend because these games are jacked up to 11s. These are the best of the best of the best. They have been really good. I'll tell you what, the NFL script writers this year, <laughs> they've been working overtime right now.
1: Uh, they've been cooking uh, it's up been, something good in the writing room. I mean, all four or all five games at one point or another were, were compelling. I know some games kind of got out of hand, but that first half between San Francisco and, and, and Seattle. Seattle led it halftime. The Niners were
0: down, yeah, because of that boneheaded roughing the pass, or wasn't roughing the passer, no. but roughing when Geno slid mm-hmm. at midfield. Yeah, let's just start in order with the games and sure, work our way through them. Seattle and San Francisco. I thought the first half was what I thought the game was going to be like for a full sixty minutes. You know, I I, p- I picked Seattle in our triple play. I, I was saying, you know what, third time well, they you met them these to teams, cover yes, nine points. And they didn't do that, yeah, but. I, th- Third time these two teams have met. Pete's already gotten a look at Brock Purdy in the first outing. They only mm-hmm. led up 21 points against this Niners offense in that first meeting. Uh, very veteran coaching he, staff on one
1: sideline, and Purdy too was kind of making Purdy like mistakes early on. He Was on. for a little bit, but I think no, pe- they found their groove. People in are the looking half. a
0: lot for Purdy to like have the cracks in the armor, mm-hmm. and he does. There's no like. That's what's so weird to me is like people there's people on Twitter that are like, ah, I told you he's not good. Uh-huh. Dude, he's the seventh round pick. Like, what, you do, you want to, it, you what do you want him to do? To judge this on a curve. It needs, yeah. it, exactly. It needs to be relative. This isn't the number one overall pick. This isn't Kenny Pickett out there making some questionable throws. This is Mr. Irrelevant. So People, I think, are kind of over-examining him and saying, well, that was a bad throw even though it ended up working. You shouldn't have even risked making that throw. I'm going to just go out and say that every throw he completes is a good damn throw because he's Mr. Irrelevant, and anytime he goes out there and throws for 300-plus yards and three tutties through the air and another with his legs. Right. That's a pretty damn good game. Well, I'll say this I don't too- think there's any way
1: you can, you know, be like, well, Kyle Shanahan got him all 300 of those yards. Well, he helped, but he still has to make the passes. He's got to make the passes, and the reason San Francisco should be treated as such a big threat to win the Super Bowl is because he has these options. He has a coach. Like, yeah, you brought, like, yeah, okay, he wasn't, like the ball wasn't in the air for all 300 yards, but – are you going to fault San Francisco for Purdy for taking advantage of a dump-off pass to Debo Samuel, and then he took it to the house for like 70 yards? Yeah, a 74-yard touchdown catch. And then do you remember early in the second half to start the second half, he, he just gave it to McCaffrey, and McCaffrey ran it for 60 yards? Like, what do you want him to do? Say, no, 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 I have to do this on how my did, own? How
0: did Debo hit that extra gear on the sideline on that touchdown? Right? Not
1: only that, but did it did that like in his first game back? How did he hit that gear, though, man? I that, know what you're saying, that was but the like, definition of nos. Like that's hitting the that's, NAS, a, that's a mid-season form kind of run. Not I've been out for half the season, and this is my first time playing football. That's the dirty, not secret, but that's the thing about the
0: Niners that I think gets overlooked a lot. Because first thing first, you hear Shanahan schemes guys open better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Look at how easy Purdy's life is because Ayuk's running wide open down the middle of the field for him to yeah. hit. Like, but Debo Samuel's an all-pro. Ayuk exactly. is an all-pro. McCaffrey isn't all like, yeah, the scheme's great, but the pieces that they're using are exactly. also elite. So what like, do you want? What do
1: you want San Francisco to do? Say sorry, we're gonna bench Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey, and even Ayuk, and just say Purdy. You know what? Because you're a seventh round guy, we're gonna put seventh round guys and undrafted guys out there with you, so everyone can make it seem like it's fair. This is actually how the game should go, because if if you have a seventh string quarterback, then everyone else has to be. Just as possibly bad as you. And their defense is what woke up and won them Oh my god! Too, because Crazy. the
0: Seahawks' offense was doing better than mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people expected, Well, I that think. pass
1: to DK Metcalf to end yeah, their first half. That,
0: I mean, Geno's got a great deep ball. One of the better go-balls in the league. Uh, but that defense, 17 points allowed in the second quarter, and went into halftime and said, we're not going to— We might win this game, but we're not going to win in these playoffs if our offense that's led by Brock Purdy, despite being great, Mm -hmm. is going to have to win a shootout. And they just completely stymied that Seahawks defense in the second half. Mm -hmm. I know they scored uh, six points late in the fourth quarter. Way, way over by that point, though. The game was absolutely in hand. So, uh, I mean, the defense for the Niners is elite. The offense is elite. Purdy's the only you question called, mark, Ray, but he's you, becoming less of a question mark. Like I feel way more confident about Purdy now after seeing that first playoff game under his belt, and throwing for three hundred and twenty-three yards, three touchdowns, and another touchdown on the ground. Like I, I've said all along, Purdy's going to have to make plays to win you a game
1: in the playoffs. He was he scored four touchdowns in this game. Like we're no longer saying like you mentioned like the defense is elite, the offense is elite. You did you notice you do not even catch yourself? A lot of people have been saying, Well, the defense is elite and the offense is really good despite Purdy. No, you elite. didn't say that. It's an elite offense, it's an elite
0: offense. Do they stick with Purdy moving forward now? I think well, that's now a, that's
1: a conversation. Absolutely, you have to consider it. I would start him next year. Well, Jimmy G's gone, he's a free agent, he's and not it's just back. like I don't know who you start because you have no idea how good Trey Lance could really be if he's fully healthy. And he, and,
0: and I will say this in the games that Trey Lance has played. He has not looked as good as, Bro- as Brock Purdy
1: has. Well, no, I will say this though. What's so impressive? Purdy about- came in like halfway through the season or or two thirds into the season when the offense was gelling. Christian McCaffrey, think about it, Tom, was already on the team before Brock Purdy had to go in. His
0: mobility and escapability is what's the most impressive about him. He gets out of trouble. He does he it a, a lot. lot in the pocket. Well,
1: I think the move he made on what his first touchdown of the game. On that opening drive, he's he got, had the pocket collapsing. He just made one quick move. He's got a great to the awareness right.
0: for a, a, a rookie and then a wide open pay.
1: touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey. A lot of times with these
0: rookies, yeah, they have the arm talent because they got drafted. You know, even if you're in the seventh round, you have some arm talent to go with. He played at Iowa State. That's big time high sc- or college football. But the awareness in the pocket in the NFL is something that rookies, even Kenny Pickett has struggled with at times this year. Kenny Pickett's really good at it and gotten better Mm -hmm. at that. But Purdy seems to just, that seems to be like what his best trade is, is, oh bleep, I need to do a spin move to get out of, you know, someone's clutches, roll Mm -hmm. out to my right, and hit Ayuk down the middle of the field. Like, his improvisation has been a wonder to behold, honestly. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing about this, Jacob, is like, you think Mr. Irrelevant's playing for the Niners, right? So it's oh, they're handing it off a thousand times, and Debo's getting some running no. plays, and they're winning games thirteen to ten, and the defense is great. He's a joy to watch. It's not like oh, here comes Brock Purdy. Let's see if this constipated offense can get down the field. Now it's like oh, here comes Brock Purdy. I'm excited to see what this kid can do on this drive. It's like, I mean, it's like fun to watch him play. You saw
1: this team struggle. They didn't change the way they play football. Right? At exactly. All. I mean, like. Yes, once Christian McCaffrey had an actual like a week of practice with the team, they didn't lose down the stretch. But Debo Samuel didn't go out until after McCaffrey got in, so there was a time when it was still. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the running backs. Elijah pre- Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell was in there, uh, not Jeff Wilson. Or Jeff Wilson before they the trade. Him, yeah, Jeff Wilson was there healthy and only got traded because he was like, I'm not going to play if McCaffrey's there. Obviously. So the team had its pieces, like you mentioned. Debo was healthy. Ayuk, uh, constant throughout Ayuk the season. Ayuk is so underrated.
0: I agree. A thousand yard receiver this year. And then Kittle, year.
1: Kittle, I think was second team All Pro this year. Yes. So they, you had an, you had an All Pro tight end, right? I mean, we talk about how, how the tight end position is so, lacking at depth league wide, right? There's just one or two or three guys in the year or every given year that are really talented, and then everybody else. And this year it was Kittle. And this offense sputtered. I mean, they lost to the Bears. They lost to the, the Broncos. They lost to the Falcons. And then the, their last loss of the season was to the Chiefs, and then they never turned around. Or they never looked back because I think Brock Purdy exudes confidence and the team rallies around that. Seattle side of things, uh, they said that they're going to go into next
0: season with Geno as their starting quarterback. I mean, I think that's a Contract, franchise tag, they're both on the table, but that's what they want to do. And that was announced before the game against the Niners. And despite a rough second half, I still don't think he gave you any reason to to do anything like that. He should be your starter. I
1: think, honestly, if you're the Seahawks, you think the offensive line needs some pieces, right? I mean, we all saw how they were the first team in, like, what, 40 or 50 years to start two rookie offensive tackles in in, in a playoff game. First team to do that since, like, the 80s or, like, 1982 or something like that. So you need to you need kind of like the concealers, you you need to build up that offensive line and you need to rebolster the defense right I mean the offense the weapons right I think you're good Geno's weapon-wise. good Kenneth uh, Walker's really good Kenneth Walker's DK's great. great DK's a stud DK a and good. Lockett you have Noah Fant in the trade Noah with Fant. Russell Wilson. Yep. So I think it's just offensive line and defense.
0: DK's such a freak, and their defense is a closer than a lot of people realize. That offensive line, though, it's always yeah, been a problem. You gotta, in Seattle. you gotta help it out. San Francisco will take on the winner of Cowboys Buccaneers tonight. What do you think their preference is? I, I don't think they care. I don't think they care. I, agreed. I think they win either way. I think they want Brady though. Just give me that statue back there at quarterback. We're gonna, we're gonna tee off on him in this
1: game. Just be like, yeah. Brady's gonna go up against Brock Purdy in the playoffs and And, lose. By the way, Brock Purdy's first start in his NFL career was against a win over Tom Brady. mm -hmm. I believe that
0: was. But you're right. Overall, they don't care who wins this game tonight. They're gonna smoke. No, they're a better team. In their mind, they're gonna smoke whoever rolls into Levi Stadium next Sunday. Right, they're a better team than both. Chargers and Jaguars. Two quarterbacks making their postseason debuts. And what can you say about this one other than? Boy, are the Chargers a laughingstock! And are they now at the top of the mountain as far as embarrassing teams in the NFL? Is well, I'll concerned? tell you this: Brandon Staley jumped to the, from top? the Falcons.
1: Brandon Staley jumped to the top of the list of coaches who have yet to be fired, who are going to be fired. Some eventually. people say
0: he's not going to be fired. Oh my god! I'm interested to watch not? that. You're gonna like this though, Jacob. You ready? <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know if Brandon I'm gonna Staley like it. sucks, and he's one of the main reasons why they Terrible. lost that game, why they allowed the Jags to come back. Justin Herbert's got to be better in the second half. You're right. you're an elite, right? You know, Mahomes. Oh, you're level saying I'm gonna like it because yeah.
1: I've been iffy on Justin. You're Herbert. You're an elite
0: Mahomes-level quarterback, uh, at least. You know the talent. Bears you think that you can't out. be? Yeah, three points in the second half. Yeah, horrible. Three points, and people will be like, "Well, they weren't running the right plays. They weren't running the ball. Correct. They weren't running the ball at all. They weren't running, the, right. ball they weren't yeah, running right. the ball at all. And that's correct. They weren't helping Herbert mm-hmm. win the game. No." But me thinks there was a play towards the end of the first (laughs) half where he could have had a touchdown Mm -hmm. when it was 24 to nothing, Mm -hmm. overthrew a wide-open receiver, settled for that 27— the field goal to make it 27 to nothing. The Jags scored before the halftime, and, you know, the rest is history. They stormed all the way back in the second half. But there were plays left out there by Justin Herbert, so— For sure. Although Staley is public enemy number one, in my mind— Herbert is kind of skating a little bit on this one, and I
1: don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Well, I just don't—I I would not want to be a, a so-called fan of L.A., and I say so-called because I don't believe they have real fans. In L.A., I think the fans are from San Diego, and the people from San Diego are pissed because they but, just had their team robbed of but them. But you're
0: saying what? You wouldn't blame Herbert if you're a fan of that team? You put all that on—, on Oh, no, if, no,
1: no, if I'm a fan of that team, I don't know what to do with myself because— Your coach is horrible. I mean, think about the last, think about how each of the last two seasons ended for the Chargers. This past season, you give up the third biggest comeback in NFL postseason history. That sucks. Last season, it's the final game of the regular season, not just the final week, it's that last game of the season. You just run out the clock and you go to the playoffs. But for some reason, you're on offense, and you call a timeout. You give the Raiders enough time to get the ball back. They kick the field goal. The Raiders go to the playoffs. How does Brandon Steele go into the office today and say, yeah, it's not on me? And then, and then by that argument, you're saying how people could be putting the blame on Herbert. So that that means Brandon Sealer's job is safe for him next year. I don't want Brandon Staley as my head coach next year, but that might be the case. I think it might be the
0: case. How did Justin Herbert throw the ball 43 times in a game that they were up 27 to nothing at one point? Like, I know that they only averaged 2.9 yards per carry on the ground. Jags have a really good front, and they were stopping the run well in that game, but you kind of just have to keep putting your nose to yeah. the grindstone and keep running and running and running, especially when you're up by that much.
1: Austin Eckler had 13 carries all day long. All day I mean, that that is... That is beyond malpractice. When you're up twenty-seven nothing, yeah, that's terrible.
0: So, they definitely did all they could to blow this game. But you also got to give Trevor Lawrence a ton of credit, dude. Four uh, interceptions in the first from that half, start. and then finished with four touchdown passes as well. So he goes four and four. He 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 went from having to deal with an offseason of he's the biggest joke of a quarterback when it comes to the playoffs, starting down that path of. Yeah, he's a good regular season player, but wait till Trevor Lawrence gets to the playoffs, and then, and then starting then one off half with Owen it yeah, right. to becoming one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. Now all of a sudden, and now the narrative that he's starting to walk down the path of is you know, you're going to have to bury just Trevor Lawrence twelve feet deep, not just six feet, if you want to get rid of him. They were burying him
1: twelve feet deep at that 24 point, twenty four feet deep. At yeah, some point. right. But,
0: Credit to Lawrence for sticking with it. Credit to Doug Marone. Oh man, what a coach he is! Going for two points like he did there to make it thirty to twenty-eight. Have the Doug Marone have the feel.
1: Wow, why did I just do that? You had a little flashback to twenty
0: seventeen. Doug Peterson. I'm so sorry, Doug Peterson, because you're a better coach than Doug Marone, but far better. What a call to go for two! I was, I said it was a dumb idea in the moment, but then he gets it, so I'm like, okay, that worked out very well, and it worked. it was very nice to see a head coach like Peterson take a, make a gamble like that and then watch it play off pay off exactly the way he wanted
1: it right, to. Right because you don't go for two there, you just kick the field goal or you kick the extra point. I mean, the game probably could end with just a normal 30-27 to 27 final score in favor of L.A. It's like he knew he was going to get that field goal off. Right,
0: right, right, right. And he was like, do I
1: want it to tie the game or do I want it to win? Exactly. It's just so odd to see a coach go for it with not like only seconds remaining on the clock. He's coach of the year. He's not going to win it. He's not going to win but it, it which is because also Brian Dable and the Giants too, won. Yeah. But he's he's coach of the year for me. I mean, in that effort, Come on! I mean, again, we we brought this up last week. The playoffs are not supposed to have an influence on the season end awards, but how do you not look at what Doug Peterson did with Jacksonville and the mess that he picked it up from that was left by worst team in the league back back years, mm-hmm.
0: and now they have a AFC South crown and a playoff win under their belt and in the a first year one. of Peterson.
1: And if I'm if I'm Kansas City. Yeah, I was just gonna. ask I'm you not that. super afraid. This is the, the one same you wanted. Time, I'm like, this is the one you wanted. You LA wanted Jacksonville can, over the Chargers. L A always can play us close. Like, yes. there's a risk of losing. Yes. We have no idea what it's gonna look like. This is a better believe- coached outfit in Jacksonville,
0: but you're right. L A division game, third time seeing us, and Herbert Herbert wakes up for these games. So
1: earlier this season, these two teams did play against each other. Jacksonville went on the road to Kansas City, but only lost 27 to 17. I think it's.
0: I mean, the spread's only eight and a half, and I know that's crazy for for a divisional round playoff game. But like, you'd think it would be a little bit more because of how great Kansas City is and how Jacksonville. I think people are still kind of like, are they? Aren't they? He still threw four interceptions. I mean, uh, are they that good? I think Jacksonville gives them a, a a game, a fist of it. Yeah, I, I don't know how I think Kansas how, City wins by ten eventually. But I don't
1: know like at what point in the game is is Mahomes going to do Mahomes things and just say nope, twenty one points. Was, in a that was that was cute. That was cute, but this is ours.
0: But the thing I think that's going for Jacksonville is the best way to beat Kansas City in my mind is to outscore them to get into that shootout. Attack mm-hmm. their weak their weakness is their defense, so attack that. Jacksonville has an offense and a quarterback that can do that. So. Right. You know, I'm not looking at this like can that Jacksonville defense slow Mahomes down or get out of there. You don't want to do that at all with right. any team. Right, you're playing right, right. Mahomes. I think Lawrence in the offense can put up some points though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just I have that feeling, and you have to that Mahomes, who was probably going to win MVP this year, is going to just go off and do that thing where they show you that stat, and it's like Kansas City has scored 24 points in the last six minutes and 25 yeah. seconds. One last thing on Brandon Staley before we end this episode. I was okay. Yeah, go ahead. I have more to say about this game, okay, about fine. the Chargers team, but let's start with Brandon Staley. One thing Staley. with
0: Brandon Staley you need to go back to week 18 to really pinpoint how badly he screwed up as a head coach because they needed Mike Williams in this game 110%. Right? Yeah. He's arguably their best receiver, definitely their best deep threat. And mm-hmm. they had nothing down the field because no. the, Herbert's passes were like averaging like five yards past the line of scrimmage. Nothing because of Mike Williams playing in a meaningless game against Denver, getting hurt, and not only was he going to miss this game, but if the Chargers were going to win and go to Kansas City, he was going to miss that Mm -hmm. one. And the week like he was only potentially going to be able to come back for the Super Bowl. Right. So that is another bonehead moment that you point to Brandon Staley and say, "Dude, you just cost them." You don't. You don't necessarily say that correlates to the reason why you lost, but you don't think Mike Williams is good for at least five more catches, maybe sixty more yards, and maybe he finds the end zone, or maybe he sets you up
1: for another field goal. Right, that I mean, field goal, yeah, that
0: missed field goal too proved to be so big. I mean,
1: so I was gonna say Gerald Everett the tight end had a huge day, but that's only because there was
0: no Mike. Williams. There was no
1: Mike. Williams. I mean, Gerald Everett, I don't even know like what his season high was before today, but he had a or before uh, Saturday, but he had a hundred yards on. Well, I'll Saturday. tell you this: he had 555 yards in the season. Okay, total. so we just did a, a, a 20 percent, yeah.
0: yeah, in one day in one game. Yeah, they 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 needed more than just their tight end to be their their big pass catcher in this game, and Keenan Allen was invisible. I mean, six catches for sixty one yards. He's gonna get six catches if you're just falling out of the bed in the morning. Uh, you got to get more from him there. And like you said, Eckler, the thing that was so weird to me, dude, is Eckler was not getting anything going in the ground game. He did score two touchdowns on the ground. Eckler's bread and butter this year has been through the air. Mm-hmm. He's been yeah, a, he's pass, a pass catching and back. catch
1: back. Yeah. Two catches on four targets. Right. Yeah. I, and I said, too, two catches on four targets, 13 running attempts. I, I mean, would have given completely him under-utilized. In this game. completely underutilized. Completely
0: underutilized. I would have made him a wide receiver like Mike Williams. Like, he's not like Mike Williams, but I would have put him out wide a couple times. Like,
1: mm-hmm. bad coach. Bad coach. Bad coach, Brandon Staley. So, the last thing about this game before we wrap up with this episode, what do you think? What are your opinions on the Joey Bosa moments that ended the game? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Bosa's an idiot. I mean, Mm -hmm. why are you slamming your helmet on the ground like that? I would love to know what he said to the ref. Yeah. The only person that knows that for sure is that ref and Bosa. And Bosa. I don't think we're going to get actual clarity on that but the ref's reaction made it
1: seem like it was something it was something really bad to say i yeah, mean he really ran back bad.
0: towards him like mm-hmm. he was already walking away from the ref and the ref heard it and ran back the ref to his face ran toward to like, him and what?
1: then there was i think more more which forth. so the ref was like i think trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and say like what did you just say like did i really hear you correctly but the helmet slamming
0: one Cost them the two point conversion. Right. Oh, yeah, then you completely. get to do the, the, the jump man uh-huh. Jordan over the line mm-hmm. on Trevor Lawrence, some six foot five play, because you're going from the inch line as opposed from the two yard line. So, Bosa, I mean, yeah, but that's coaching, man. Like that. Yeah,
1: you have no idea. It's after it's, the
0: first one, you bring him over and you say, dude, calm the F down. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know how tight this game is becoming? We can't afford a 15 yarder here or there. It's going to swing the game. Like, that's coaching. He's an undisciplined player, and that falls on
1: Staley again. And then what did you think of the decision to have him off the field on the fourth down play? The right decision, but it's just very bizarre for a coach that's
0: made nothing but wrong decisions to there decide to make the right decision. <laughs> I don't know
1: if it's the right decision because— You needed
0: him, for sure. You needed him.
1: And he may, he may have the this? speed and the this? burst to this? make the edge. Right or decision get the edge. if
0: this is week five against Jacksonville. Wrong decision if it's wild card weekend right, against exactly. Jacksonville. Subscribe right now to the Steelers Standard. Every episode we do is available for you to download, so you can subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcasts. Three more games that we got to recap all of Sunday's action, so we'll do that on the way next, and sneak peek at the Buccaneers and the Cowboys tonight. He's Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman, and this is the Steelers Standard.